0: David Inquire, thank you. Beautiful number. Thank you very much. Musicians, we are always in your debt also. Thank you very, very much. Thank you. to start 30 years after I have been duly instructed by the chairman board deacons that I'm not to have a two-hour message this morning Now, aren't you relieved, and aren't you ashamed of that? (laughs) Tell you a story. Many years ago, a long-serving pastor announced his retirement from a small country church. In order to recognize his lengthy service, the church decided to have a farewell meal, in his honor. Coincidentally, the same week, a farmer in the area had invited many of his friends over for a pork barbecue. Both stories were covered by a local newspaper in the local paper. This all took place back in the day when the paper was put together by hand through use of movable type arrangements. Regrettably, for the inexperienced typesetter, there was a significant error in ranging the appropriate lines in the right column, resulting in a most unusual story. Picture this in your local newspaper. Reverend Reverend Zebulon Anderson preached his final sermon on his retirement Sunday from Pisgah Baptist Church. Having served the congregation for 37 years as pastor, the old hog (laughs) loved to wallow in the mud or lay in the sunshine. Reverend Anderson announced his text for the morning from his favorite gospel. Excuse me. As he announced his favorite text, John struck him. His text was from John 3.16. The brute, flattened on on corn and husks and slop, weighed 316 (laughs) and was known for his tender care of what might be the best barbecue in the state. (laughs) Also, visiting the sick, sermons over a pit of coals as an aroma created an appetite on all nearby. At the conclusion of the final message, the church held a dinner on the grounds, allowing the congregation to express their appreciation for the pastor's ribs, pulled pork, mixed spices, vegetables, vegetables, and dessert. All who know Reverend Anderson agree that he will be missed, but not a single bite. And time was a good time was had by all. The church has not yet chosen their
1: next pastor. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I think the first time in my life, I'm going to bring a message from one verse of Scripture. It's the longest song. No, it isn't. I'm trying to be a little bit on the edge, lest I do something else in the pulpit that I don't want to do, like cry. One verse from Paul's letter to the church, Acts. Acts. Just one verse. Now I commend you to God and to the word of his grace, which is able to build you up and give you an inheritance among all those who are sanctified. I cannot do it like the Apostle Paul. But in my heart and in my mind, I commend you to God. Best thing I can do for you, I commend you to God. And what is he able to do? Just look at the text, and I will be brief. Paul says, I commend you to God, who is able, one, to build you up. We all need that building up in our Christian life. Personal question. How much have you grown in your spirit and in your uh, your, your soul, which are God's? How much have you grown in that this past year? Are you growing there? Or is that being neglected? Paul says, I commend you to God. He's able to build you up, to give you an inheritance among those who are sanctified. Second question. Do you know the riches that God has in store for you? Some afternoon when you're sitting around with a poor me's, you get off that track. Get your Bible out, sit down, and start reading about the promises that God has for you. And, dear brother and sister, if that doesn't change your perspective, I'm almost ready to say nothing will. But I believe still God can do it. Are you growing? Paul says, I place you. Actually, he says in the original wording, I place you beside God. Commend is another word for place. I place you beside God. That's my message today. Did you hear me? In terms of ease, my message was easier at the beginning i love to tell you a story, even about the old hog. Got a little harder for me to open the Word of God before you this morning and speak to you from it. Got a little bit harder. now to say thank you with all of my heart thank you for me and for my wife you see not everyone knows it but most of the time a pastor's wife is just about sewn to him Indelible. I walk in the back door at home and she knows how I'm feeling. I don't know how she does that. I mean, I don't wear a mask saying something went wrong today. (laughs) But she knows. So, for both of us, thank you. If you keep preaching, sweetheart, <laughs> I'll listen. God bless you.
2: <coughs> that was an appropriate time to say amen. And <laughs> thank you. Another theme of Pastor Ross Marion and Louise Marion is that of God's amazing grace. And I think this is probably number one on the, the list for, uh, for Ross.
1: I like getting to boss him around. Good morning. Good morning. Hi, I'm Jenny, Ross Marion's daughter. I can't tell you the number of times I've spoken those words in my lifetime. They typically elicit a litany of responses about the strong character and effective ministry of my father, but you folks already know that. This morning I wanted to share just a few highlights of my time at Wake Chapel while dad has served as senior pastor. Imagine a husband and wife about my age along with their two teenage children stopping through a small North Carolina town on the way home from a family vacation. They are meeting with individuals representing a local church in need of a pastor. As the five Wake Chapel members sat with us at the old Golden Corral downtown, they shared a bit of the history, culture, and journey of faith of their church. However, in the thick of this discussion, one older gentleman, clad in a Wake Chapel t-shirt and wearing a baseball cap, pops up out of his seat and says something to the effect of, folks, this has been great, but I have a softball game to play. <laughs> Fortunately for us, this same gentleman, whom I, I am sure most of you surmised to be Mr. Bryant Cotton, returned to our group a short time later as we were touring this church for the very first time. We were standing about here, and he pops back in, and his comment was, well, the Lord must have thought I needed to be here because we got rained out. (laughs) I should have known then that we were in for an adventure. Living in the parsonage was quite an experience, something new to all of us. While I was thrilled with my large second story bedroom with multiple closets and hardwood floors, my parents weren't quite so thrilled about one aspect of parsonage living. Apparently, a few church members considered the parsonage just one of the other church buildings on our campus. As such, they would just walk in the back door, unexpected and unannounced, calling out, Ross? Louise, Anyone home? It's safe to say my parents took quite a bit of ribbing about keeping that back door locked, even when we were at home. Everyone thought it was because of all those years of living in the big city of Dallas, but now you know the real story. (laughs) Just a few weeks into our time in Fuquay, I was returning home one Sunday night, having just dropped off a friend after youth group. I had evidently picked up some speed coming down the hill on Wake Chapel Road when I saw those dreaded blue flashing lights in the rearview mirror of my mom's car. Not really knowing what to do, I instinctively pulled into the church parking lot facing the parsonage. Of course, this was transpiring just as the deacon's meeting was letting out. <laughs> After being asked rather harshly if I knew exactly how fast I was going, the officer also inquired, "'Why in the world did you pull into a church parking lot?' because I live here, was my sheepish reply. Fortunately, I was handed only a warning ticket, and with tears streaming down my face, I watched the deacons walking to their cars, a few muttering under their breath, isn't that the new preacher's daughter? Throughout the years of Dad's tenure here, both my brother Mike and I, and more recently my two children, Noah and Joy, have found ourselves as the subject of more than a few sermon analogies. At times, particularly as a teen or young adult, I would do something and then find myself thinking, well, that was really dumb. I hope that doesn't end up in Sunday's sermon. And quite often, it would. One of the greatest blessings of having Dad serving here as pastor has been seeing him shepherd my children. He has been instrumental in their spiritual growth, whether on one or two occasions, calling out my then impulsive three-year-old daughter from the pulpit when she was acting up in church, standing here with each of them at the front of the sanctuary as they made a public profession of their faith, or having the opportunity to baptize them on two separate occasions. I have cherished their opportunity to know my dad as papa and pastor. In dad's later years of ministry, I have, on occasion, heard him speaking to or about a church member, referring to them as, my dear brother in the Lord, or this sweet sister. In case you don't know, these are spiritual code words for, I don't have a clue what your name is at this very moment. (laughs) And let me just say... Sorry to clue everyone in. And let me just say, there's probably going to be a lot of that going on, so let's don't test him today. Now, lest you think this is just an age thing, I know for a fact there are several younger pastors in town who openly tell their congregants, don't expect me to remember your name, because I'm not going to. Let's just leave it at this. Mom if Dad ever calls you my sweet sister, you need to let me know. (laughs) And lastly, the thing that I have probably heard more about in Dad's 30 years here at Wake Chapel, more than his charming personality, his love for people, or his commitment to his calling as pastor, what I have heard more about is that hair... (laughs) After 47 years, 22 of it living with him, and even more recently trying to help him fix it after he broke his wrist, I still have no idea how he gets it to do that day in and day out. <laughs> you know you all wanted to say that. I could go on and on, but I will close with a few words to you, Dad. Your 30 years at Wake Chapel have been marked by four key characteristics. You have a passion for God's word. I have always delighted in your careful, thoughtful, spirit-led exposition of the Bible and your strong desire to see the people of White Chapel know it, love it, and live it. You embody Second 2 Timothy 2.15, which says, be diligent to present yourself approved to God as a workman who does not need to be ashamed accurately handling the word of truth. You have a dedication to prayer. Countless times over the past 30 years, I have heard you speak about the importance of prayer, urging us to avail ourselves of this most valuable spiritual resource. You have reminded us that prayer doesn't change God's mind, rather it transforms ours. When we heed Paul's instructions in 1 Thessalonians 5.17, to pray without ceasing. You have a vision for the body of Christ. Since coming to Wake Chapel, you haven't merely labored to increase your audience or build your kingdom. Your focus has been on equipping the saints while fostering our love for one another and building unity within these four walls. You would echo the words found in Ephesians four fourteen to fifteen, which say. As a result, we are no longer to be children tossed here and there by waves and carried about by every wind of doctrine, by the trickery of men, by craftiness and deceitful scheming, but speaking the truth in love, we are to grow up in all aspects unto him who is the head, even Christ. You have a concern for the lost. No one who has ever attended Wake Chapel for more than a handful of Sundays, could ever say that he or she never heard the gospel message. As a missions-minded pastor, you've provided opportunities for us to hear our missionary stories and encouraged us to support them through prayer and financial gifts. During your tenure here at Wake Chapel, we've seen a number of adults who grew up here pursue full-time missions and in more recent years, several of our youth have acknowledged this same call on their lives. Under your teaching, we have been reminded of the truth of Second Peter 3.9, which says, The Lord is not slow about his promise, as some count slowness, but is patient toward you, not wishing for any to perish, but for all to come to repentance. Dad, it has been my privilege to share you with the people of Wake Chapel. And I am so glad to see that you have finished well. The words of 2 Timothy 4, 7 and 8 certainly ring true in your life. I have fought the good fight. I have finished the course. I have kept the faith. In the future, there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will award to me on that day. And not only to me, but also to all who have loved his appearing. I love you. Thank you.
2: Thank you, Jenny. It was in uh, 1994, or shortly before that year, that the uh, deacons at Wake Chapel Christian Church decided to recognize individuals in the church whose lives and ministries had significantly contributed to the spiritual well-being of the body of Christ at Wake Chapel. And over the years, the deacons have recognize those individuals by presenting to them the lifetime spiritual service award the first recipient of that award in 1994 was mr joe stevenson and if i have counted correctly since 1994 there have been nine others who have been presented this lifetime spiritual service award At this time, on behalf of the deacons, it is my privilege and my honor to present the Lifetime Spiritual Service Award to Mrs. Louise Marion. And uh, Louise, uh, I'm going to ask you, we want to get you on this uh, projector so that we can see you. Ross, would you and Louise just step out right here, please? I've got to come back up to the microphone so folks in the overflow room can hear me. Louise, you have been our pianist, our encourager, teacher to many. You have been an enlister, a recruiter, an encourager of musicians, young and older, to share their musical talents in offertories, calls to worship, and special music. And I couldn't go through a list of what you've done because most of them I'm sure I don't even know. And things that nobody sitting here know about. But the Lord does. And most importantly, thank you. I'll use this in a minute, Matt. I'm going to stay here for a minute. I've got to follow my notes or I may lose it. Most importantly, you are our friend. We thank God for you, for your life, for your many, many encouraging ministries, and we look forward to your continuing friendship and to your continuing partnership as a member at Wake Chapel Church. I want to read to you. To the church family what's on this plaque that i'm going to give you it says lifetime spiritual service award presented to louise marion honoring a lifetime of devoted loving christian service wake chapel christian church september 2017 and then there's a verse he has put a new song in my mouth A hymn of praise to our God. Many will see it and fear and put their trust in the Lord. Psalm 40, verse 3. Louise, congratulations. We love you.
3: Uh, well, with amazement, I got through there. This is a great day for Wake Chapel Christian Church because we honor two people that have <clears throat> that have given so much to all of us, and we surely, surely thank you. September nineteen eighty-seven seems like yesterday. I remember when you and I were all first put names and faces together. It was at the Golden Corral. It seemed like everything happened at Golden Corral <laughs> <clears throat> on Main Street. It was 30 years ago. <clears throat> How time flies. Since that time, you have attained the distinction of being the pastor with the most years served at Wake Chapel Christian Church. Pastor Lee Johnson uh, served here for. Wake Chapel Christian uh, Church for uh, 27 years, but that was part time, really. Uh, we shared him with uh, another church, uh, Catawba Springs, and then later uh, Pleasant Union. <clears throat> so you 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 have the have the numbers. <clears throat> um, you have pastored Wake Chapel with all your energies. You have preached and taught God's word without compromise. You have given meaningful leadership. You have been instrumental in and supportive of new programs in the church. You have been an example of a godly man to all ages and you have been all of what God called you to be for Wake Chapel Christian Church. It's a special privilege for me on behalf of the entire congregation of Wake Chapel to bestow the honorary title of Pastor Emeritus. Could you come forward with us? This is a plaque that the deacons have chosen for Ross to take home and, and display at his house. It reads Ross E. Marion, Pastor Emeritus, in gratitude and love for 30 years of faithful service, Wake Chapel Christian Church, Fuqua North Carolina, 1987 to 2017. Right here. This plank that you see here displayed is going to be displayed in a permanent, prominent spot in this in this building. We thank you. Be see. <clears throat> if you'll allow me, let me expand on what Pastor Emeritus is. Pastor Emeritus is a position granted by a church congregation to show honor to their retiring pastor. Emeritus is a Latin word identifying someone who has fulfilled his or her required commitment. It doesn't indicate the person ceases to preach rather the person is no longer called to a congregation i found an in- interesting quote that said the bible neither addresses emeritus status nor retirement but it is generally biblical as it shows appreciation for the service of an honor- honorable elder first timothy 5:17 reads the elders who direct the affairs of the church well are worthy of double honor, especially those whose work is preaching and teaching. Ross Mary, your attributes as pastor, teacher of Wake Chapel Christian Church, well qualifies you for this honor. We love you and Louise. We will pray for you and we wish you many years of happiness in your retirement. May God's richest blessings rest on you too. Thank you.
2: Our deacon today is Curtis Holloman, who is going to come back and lead us in prayer, and he will also return thanks to the Lord for the meal that we are going to share. Please, everyone in this room this morning, please plan to join us for the meal. It will be down in the Family Life Center, in the Fellowship Hall, and we want everyone to join us as we celebrate and visit together. And after uh, Curtis leads us in a word of prayer, we're going to sing, God be with you till we meet again. We customarily sing that at Wake Chapel. takes on a, a new meaning for us here this morning. But while we are singing that, Ross and Louise and family, we're going to ask you, while we're singing, if you would please exit this door here. We've got vehicles ready to give you a ride down to the Family Life Center. And if there's anyone who needs a ride down, please just wait outside these doors. The van is going to circle back around, and we'll have a a ride for you to go down to the Family Life Center. There will be plenty of time, and there will be plenty of food. We can assure you of that. Curtis would you please lead us in prayer and then we'll sing God be with you.
3: Would you bow with me and pray? <clears throat> Father, we give you great thanks for this day. We thank you for the life and the time that Ross and Louise Marion has spent with this church and with this congregation. We now ask that you bless them. That you keep them healthy, keep them Uh, alert, keep them happy, keep them willing to accept this time and enjoy it. We just thank you for them. We thank you for this church, Wake Chapel Church, and for how it's grown in the last 30 years, not necessarily in numbers, but in spirit. We ask you to continue to bless us in the coming years. And Father, as we leave this building and go to the Family Life Center, we ask you to bless our time there, the fellowship that we will have there. We just ask that you to, to bless that. We thank you for the food that we're about to eat, for those that have prepared it. and <clears throat> We thank you for all of your gifts. It's lead and guide and direct us in Christ's name. Amen.